Today we are in chapter 8 of the Blue Book. This chapter is called Creation and Care. I have Andrew, Aaron, myself, and Cam, and we will all be discussing sections of the, of the Blue Book. We will be discussing whether we like the section, the summary of the section, and whether we disagree or agree with the section. My name is Dallas, and today we will be in Chapter 8 on the section, The Need for Caution in Advocating for Climate Change Policies by Timothy D. Terrell. Aaron, can you tell us or give us a summary about this section? Uh, Timothy Terrell is, a, is an interesting read. Uh, he really calls into um, the policies for climate change people usually make, you know, like how overall having good how overall having good attentions isn't necessarily necessarily good and how Christian involvement is for climate change can just cause overall confusion. Uh, he mainly says uh, how the human actions for the environment easily harms people. He does say that. But uh, it doesn't and it makes sense that the government should provide justice for like the people to harm, but it's not that simple. For climate change policies, the poor is usually worse affected after it. And um, poor countries, the poor in the poor countries are worse affected too. Um, and he really calls into question on how, like, industrialized nations, rich, rich, rich nations, do they really have the right to discourage poor nations to not industrialize, not, like, you know, sit on their own foot, to not, like, get rich? And he, always, he also says, like, how imposing policies can create massive ripple effects. Um, did you find any streaks when you were reading this? Um, it's a pretty meaty read. Um, really, he just provides a really good explanation for everything. Like, uh, I wasn't questioning uh, how that's uh, why he made that why he made that statement. He provided everything for me. So, as for the reader, it's pretty good. Um, is there anything that you disagree while reading this section? Uh, no, not really. So, to you, it was an overall good section to read? Uh, yes, it was a pretty good section. One of the best, actually. Thank you. You're welcome. And the next section... It's called God Cares for Animals, So Should We, by Joel Salatin. Aaron, can you give me a general summary of this section? Of course, Dallas. Uh, the author of the article, Joel Salatin, he's pretty, he's pretty important to the article since he inserts many of his experiences into it. Uh, as it says here, he says it's, he, he operates a polyface farm in Virginia, in the valley, producing salad bar beef, pork, pastured poultry, and rabbit and lamb and plenty of other stuff. So he's a farmer, basically. Uh, but what's interesting is that he's a Christian Christian environmentalist too. And the article, he worked. it says he worked for an animal welfare, welfare group and he noticed that the group was a, that aborting a calf embryo, which is, you know, a baby cow, is inhumane. But for some reason, they don't think aborting a human embryo is inhumane. They think that's perfectly fine, which is hypocrisy. Um, but he doesn't, you know, get too worked up about it. He says, 
we should look in the log in our own eye, which is Christians. But don't look in the log in other people's eyes. <laughs> Do you disagree with anything from this article? I mean, this this, this section. No, not at all. Um, he like an article. An article later in the article, he says. Uh, that a group, some sort of company, was, you know, giving them free uh, lunches and dinners for, like, steaks and having discussions about, like, you know, how to make beef more cheap, how to produce it more cheaply. And they offered the idea of giving, uh, feeding cow, dead cows to other cows, which is, you know, surprisingly, which is surprising. It's, like, immoral, immoral. And it's basically uh, animal cruelty to the cow, which is... You're basically like making the cow like uh, do cannibalism, um, and he says like when you don't treat the food system right, don't expect the public health to be right. Also, which is you know obvious, and he says uh, we should. He quotes a verse in the Bible from First Corinthians saying that we should do everything in glory of God which is even farming and he doesn't um, raise livestock inhumanely like grouping a bunch of pigs together like thousands of them in a tiny room like how it usually is he just raise them like humanely like they're doing um, meaningful work which is sacrificing their lives to provide uh, food for people which is what I liked about him okay so it was an overall good um good section to you um yeah i would say what do you think about it um i think it is a good section too i oh. think i think he he has the right morals in mind of what he's speaking about okay. hello my name is aaron archie and this is dallas white right here right by me how you doing dallas i'm good that's good, that's good. Alright, So, what article are you doing? I'm doing Animal Welfare as a Christian Issue by Christine Gudelbin. Oh, okay, okay. Interesting name. What is the article about? Um, the article is about how we should, we should hold animals to the same standards we hold other people because they are a creation of God. Hmm, okay, okay. What is your overall opinion on that idea? I do agree with this because we should we should treat animals better than we do in modern society today because they are indeed um, a creation that God has put on this earth. So we should treat them better than we actually do. Uh, okay, okay. So you're basically saying like a bird or a lizard, even a worm, are like the same level as a human? Yes, I do say that. Alright, sorry about that, guys. Uh, oh, let me play devil's advocate here. So, I thought we had a dominion <laughs> over animals in the we, Bible. We do have a dominion over animals, but still saying that we shouldn't abuse animals. And we should try to hold them to higher standards that we do right now. Oh, okay, okay. Fair enough. I mean, do you have any um, 
sources from the Bible that can support that answer? Um, in Matthew 10, 29 through 31, it says that God was emotionally invested in a sparrow, which is a kind of a bird, and that we should be emotionally invested in sparrows. Well, not just in sparrows, but in animals as well. We should hold them to a higher standard than they are today. Oh, okay, okay. Good answer, good answer. Um, that's all for today. Climate Change is a Christian Issue by Jonathan A. Moo. Okay, okay. Uh, Alright, that's good. What is the article about? Uh, it's about how Christians should deal with climate change and how Christians can interpret climate change. Oh, okay. That's an interesting choice. Yeah. So, do you have an overall opinion on it? Uh, well, I kind of, I, I really agree with, um, Jonathan because in this article it says how do Christians interpret climate change it reads that biblical Christianity provides a distinct interpretation of what climate science reveals about humankind's impact on the climate and then it says on the one hand it should not be surprising that those who are called to rule within God's creation imagines bears and whose fate the entire uh, creation is bound and so it's really talking about how, like, what we were put on the earth to do. So it says, it's talking about how we should treat the earth and so how we should take care of it. So it's the little things that we can do to stop climate change is really like just picking up stuff off the ground or how we recycle or anything simple like that. Okay, yeah. So you're saying, or the article saying, uh, we as humans mortals as children of God have a responsibility to take care of the earth yeah like like simple things just like burning fossil fuels or anything that can like hurt like anything that destruct the climate change is anything we can prevent just to take care of the earth oh god because it's made in uh it's God's creation yeah it's God's creation and oh. anything we use to stop climate change is also God's creation because he created it all so and he gave us the idea to create what we need to stop and what we did to start it up. And so, you know, it's just it really all works through God. So just we use what God gave us and then we just keep it moving from there. Okay, okay. Um, do you you think you can uh some parts of the Bible can answer, like can I support that claim? Uh I don't have it with me, but I think so. Because it, it talks about in a lot parts of the Bible how we need to like provide for our earth and it gave it, in the in Genesis it talks about how Adam and Eve were created to to um take care of the earth and rule. Yeah. And so it's it says how they were made to rule the animals and simply like that they're they were gonna be the rulers of earth, but until the first sink was created, then, you know, things have changed, but... Yeah, the fall. Yeah, the fall. And so, in Genesis 1, it says God gave dom domain over the earth, and so he gave Adam domain over the earth, is what I meant to say, but, you know, that's really 
that he's a human too. So yeah. it really gave humans the the liberty and the you know just the the freedom to control the earth while God's not here. And so Adam is a part of mankind. So what he had. Christians will respond to the solutions of climate change? Um, I think that, well, I think Christianity enables us to question the assumptions of our culture and about what's good and bad. And then it's like unveils us to like see beyond like, like what has already been in store for us. And so I think like, Christianity and Jesus it like unveils like an image of like how we should protect our earth and how we should treat things that we have right now and so you know it says in the Bible to love our neighbors as we do ourselves and so I feel like if you love your neighbor and encourage them to like take care of the earth instead of like being like why are you doing this to damage and like just make it a one-sided thing if you like if you get them on the same page as you but not in like a bad way i think a lot of things will go good from there okay okay. so i think you can like turn from yourself to a christian and like rub it off on somebody else who's not particularly there with you but like make them become a bigger part of christianity and what God says to do. Oh, okay. Love the response. That's excellent. Thank well, you. I'm afraid that's all for today. Thank you. Hello, my name is Aaron Archie, and uh, I'm here with Andrew. How What's you doing, on? Andrew? Good. All right, that's good. That's good. Uh, what are you? Uh, oh, what's the chapter about? This chapter is called Efficient Farming is Good Stewardship by Tom Pittman. And uh, he describes himself as a computer scientist. He's not a nutritionist or economist. So normally, you know, you wouldn't see these guys writing about this. But he writes about it because he knows the numbers and he can do math. And it kind of spills into every part of his life, spiritually, physically, and everything he does. And so uh, what he talks about is, like, how people say that organic is much better and so in some cases it is but he says it's either two ways that they can be about it it's either they're spiritually or they can be like my secular tradition or way of life is better than your way of life or secular tradition and so when uh he says it falls to the second one he goes and talks about how not everything is organic that says it's organic okay okay so is you have a certain opinion on this people i thought he did a pretty good job explaining a lot of like he uses a lot of facts because he that's what's important to him yeah he like appreciates data and that's what he likes to do and so he's a since he's a computer scientist he brought up just nothing but blunt facts about it such as like how even though can't carrots say they're organic he had a farmer explaining that you cannot use uh be have organic pests yeah. organic carrots because they have to use pesticides to kill off the bugs that'll eat them. Oh, okay, okay. So even though carrots say they're organic, they had to use pesticides at one point or another. Mm. Okay, I understand that. Can you, you think you can insert that Bible, Francis? Yes, I think he does a pretty good job of that in here. 
He talks about how in the first century the Roman highway system facilitated the uh, propagation of the gospel throughout the Roman Empire. And so, 1500 years later, the printing press and renewed literacy de disseminated the Reformation insights pre people previously locked out by unintelligible Latin liturgy. So he talks about how, like, when the Romans uh, were trying to find better ways to society, like we have tried to find better ways to uh, our food by using organic, they, they use shortcuts like us because a lot of people are just slapping stickers on products of food. Okay, okay, I see it. Uh, very informative essay. Uh, like, okay, glad to have you here. Glad to have you.